Hello and welcome to our podcast, Dad Educates Daughter on 80s Music. This is Series 1, Episode 24. And as we found out last week, this is the penultimate episode of Series 1, which is the end of the early 80s, which actually only covers 80 to 81, because there were so many. So, Rebecca, how are you? I'm all right, Dad. How are you doing this week? I'm good, because we're now getting nearer to the music that I, I mean, obviously there was, there was bands that we've already discussed that I do remember that went on into the mid 80s, but we're coming into the my timeline, I suppose, from when I was really into actually, you know, old enough to get my own, make my own decisions rather than just listen to it on the radio. Yeah. It was my CDs and things, because I'm at that age now, 13, where I'd have gone out and bought my own and listened to Top of the Pops and all that stuff. So I'm looking forward to uh, getting this week out of the way. And then next week, which is next week's good, to be honest. Next week's Ooh, very good, okay. as you'll find out later. And then, yeah, then we hit the ground running, I suppose, from series two for me, because that is my era, I suppose, where I was a teenager rather than obviously just being a youngster. Yeah, reliving um, your childhood. I suppose, yeah, because of the way we've done it, we've done it as in, or I've done it as in, chronicle order of when they first had a hit as in top 40 so obviously some of them were still those bands that were big enough so like the Spandals, uh Duran Duran, OMD the, the ones that had a bit more longevity mm. I obviously know their their songs that you've listened to but I didn't necessarily know their beginning or do now I, I do because I got into them but you I didn't know explore the them I, I, I explored them after buying their other albums or mm. listen to on the compilation 80s tapes cassettes cds whatever you want to say whereas now we're going into music that i would have gone out and actually physically bought the single using your pocket money yes however that's a couple of weeks yet first we've got this week yeah let's talk music then for this week you had chicago who was meant to be last week but I <laughs> don't we know it done another cock up as I've done a few this in this first series. Uh, Rio Speedwagon <laughs> was one and I can't remember what the other one was. I think there's been a couple. Oh, t- no. What's the. Oh, my God. Definitely Rio Speed Speedwagon. I did. I, I didn't give you. Begin to the T that we've still not done. Uh. Oh, um, yeah. There's one that I've carried out. There's actually there's actually um, I was going to bring up at the end. There's um, three now that have gone on to episode episode 25 there is four groups from the 80s one is on purpose i'd all all, that was always planned and there's a reason for that but the other three are ones that i've come across since but again they're what i would have classed as 70s rather than 80s and that's why i hadn't obviously um put them in but they got hits in the 80s like sex pistols. so we will we will include them so yeah and then after that any that come up after that will have to be done right at the end I think with like a summary I suppose if we come across which I'm sure yeah. we probably will but for now I can at least add them on because we're still in that early 80s so yeah. yeah so you last week had Chicago as I say left over from the week or although when I was looking up them up they probably wouldn't have fitted as much in that last one as I thought. They were more rocky than Ooh. what you had last week, to be honest. 
I've I thought okay. maybe, maybe I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not Have sure. Have you listened to them? Yeah, would you have put them with like the Pointer Sisters, Shack Attack, Sister Sledge? Then would you? I mean, they're not like they're not like this week's. Like, no, this week's. Was they're not a, like this week. They're not like. But I'm not sure they fitted in. I with put them down week. as more power balance. Yes. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So they didn't that's really would. Done. They wouldn't have fitted in as much as I originally thought with last week's. Mm. They'd have probably fitted in with last week's better than what you had this week, admittedly. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, moving on, you had so you had Chicago Bucks Fizz. Yeah. Altered Images, mm-hmm. Dollar, mm-hmm. Godly and Cream, and Beggar and Co. Yeah. So if you can give me um, your favourite song for each group. Yeah. So I have got Hard to Say I'm Sorry by Chicago, which was very hard to pick. Making Your Mind Up by Bucks Fizz. Don't Talk to Me About Love, Altered Images. Ola Moore by Dollar. Wedding Bells by Godly and Cream and Somebody Help Me Out by Beggar and Co. Okay. Well, I'm pleased you picked one of those. I really Ooh. am. Yeah. Very, very excited. As in it's your favourite? In that it's a cover of one of my favourites. Yes. Ah. Ooh. Got you now, haven't I? You yes. have got me so now. So you're actually listening to the cover version before the original version because the How band was around longer than the than the band that done it so the oh. song isn't necessarily from 1980-81 obviously yeah um, it's later mm-hmm. and the the other band haven't come on the scene yet oh so, so i will eventually listen to you the will hear original. it and obviously i'll give it away today anyway yeah but yeah you will hear the original okay. well no you might not i'm not even sure if it made the top 40 for the original well, we're not even out, sure it did, so you might not. But yes, yeah, so um, how many number ones? Right, so I really enjoyed a huge amount of songs this week. Huge amount. See, told oh, you, it was a good week. My kind of music. But I feel like there's no number ones. Really? You'll be oh my God, there's going to be like was... eight, isn't there? You'll be shocked if I say there was four. Okay. I mean, I was however, like, maybe, however, but... however, oh, three God. from the eighties. So one, one was pre eighties. Okay. Okay. All right. I feel like out of them four, Bucks Fizz are gonna have, if anyone. But I just didn't think any were like massive. Didn't think anyone. As much as I loved songs this week, I didn't think any. Yeah. None hit me to be like you're gonna be a number one. I felt like they were quite. No, and, you, and, and it's not like you'd heard them before, why? I mean, I'd heard quite a few songs like Chicago. Yeah. You'll find out. Oh my. Um, yeah. but yeah, so I had heard a, a few, but I did. I thought they were average songs, not high up the chart songs uh-huh. this week but yeah okay right let's talk music then and let's talk chicago first why did you leave these out last week i've loved these <laughs> absolutely loved did these you? yeah i've played these wow. many times this week many times i just can't believe I left them out i mean i'm not complaining because it meant that i've still like either way i've still got to listen to them but these are ones that it, I it's quite possible they got lost last week because you were so into Pointer oh, like Sisters the Pointer Sisters and Sister Sledge. Um, Sister Sledge. Mm. Would they have got lost? Maybe. Maybe I wouldn't have liked them as well. It could have been a completely... But I've not compared them to anyone 
because they're from last no, week, no. I didn't compare. And that's what I, just I said. Because I did say totally different music. Yeah, it is. So I've left these in their own box and I kind of compared to last week and I do really enjoy it. And they do, you know, they, they would have been a good one. But yeah, would they have been lost in my excitement though versus this legend? That because they're more power ballads and Sister Sledge and Pointer Sisters were so up-tempo and disco-y. So yeah, maybe. well, and that's what I mean. And that's why I'm surprised you like them. Because you oh, yeah, don't but I like, like meatloaf. up-tempo songs. Yeah, I do like yeah, up-tempo true, yeah. songs. No, that's what I'm saying. Oh, you mean because oh, he's these quite up-tempo? chill? Yeah. No, but what are their sing your heart out songs? I can just, mm. I can pretend that I am a singer. Okay. And does it like, I recognize if you leave me now and hard to say I'm sorry. Like, I knew uh-huh. as soon as it started playing, I was like, oh, yeah, I know this. Well, maybe you need to look back at their back catalog because I only gave you four songs of theirs. Yeah. yeah. And it's because they're mainly, as I, I'll, um, I'll go through now. They were formed in 1967. So their main hits were in the 70s. I was going to ask that because in the videos, they're like long hair and I don't know, they just look 70s. Uh-huh. But, so Which I wrote is, 70s you know, question mark. Yeah. So Chicago are Peter Satira on vocals and bass. Now, Peter Satira, I know him from his solo work. I'll be honest, I didn't even know he was to do with Chicago. And he is a good, very good singer. So I'm not surprised you're a fan because he is a very good singer. I mean, he didn't have a great solo, but his songs that he did have, well. He's got a very soothing voice. Later, but yeah. Um, Robert Lamb on vocals and keyboards. Lee Lofnan, I think it is. Um, Apologies if that's not how his name is. It's L-O-U-G-H-N-A-N-E, Lofnan. Lofnan, Lofnan. Uh, he was trumpet and backing vocals. Mm-hmm. James Pankow, trombone and backing vocals. Walter Parazada, saxophone, flute and backing vocals. Uh, Danny Sarafire, drums. Chris Pinnock, guitar. And Bill Champlin on the keyboards and also vocals. They also had Terry Caff on guitar, who was then replaced by Donnie Dacus on guitar, but they were pre-70s, wow. uh, pre-80s, sorry. Yeah, so yeah, they, yeah. they were, because unfortunately, the one of the founding members, which was Terry Caff, he was the original guitarist, he died in 1978. Oh. Yeah, and he was only 31. He was known to have a drug and alcohol issues. However, he died from suicide and it was more of a prank. It was a, 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 so well, so people, there's no, no one really knows, obviously, but what it is, he put a gun to his head and pulled the trigger, dying instantly. However, Pankow has adamantly denied that Kaff was suicidal. They think he didn't realise it was a loaded gun. Oh, so we don't like know. It's also been reported that Kaff was in the middle of writing a solo album. So if he was in the middle of doing that, why would he why then, would he then commit suicide? Mm. So there is, you know, it could have been, as I say, a prank gone wrong in the, you know. Um, I mean, it's a bit of a silly prank. It was. And, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So he was then replaced, as I say, by Donnie Dacus, and then eventually Chris Pinnock, who was the main guitarist throughout the 80s. 
you know as you um as you went through the instruments i noticed like in the videos they've got them different instruments like i feel like they're quite acoustic which mm -hmm. i think is where the power ballads come from like with the flute and that's why they're classed as a i, I think the more we've done this rock bands have more obviously you know i know that synth bands are just a, a keyboard or synthesizer obviously and they have a drum program what have you programmed in mm. and then you have like the abbas and that that are just singers so pointer sisters um sister sledge they were singers they're not musicians yeah a bit like abba yes you'll have a pianist which one of the abbas were but other they're just singers yeah and then you have rock bands and like they are musicians and Chicago are classed as a soft rock stroke jazz rock band. Okay, yeah, I can get that. Definitely. So along the lines of, um, we've, we've done a bit of soft rock already, I think, with Queen. Yeah. Obviously, these are, I suppose, the other end of the scale for Queen, but they're, they're classed They're more like meatloaf. Yeah, yeah. But I think that comes from, like, me saying that they've got, like, power ballad vibes. Yeah. Like Meatloaf was very power ballad. Yeah, REO Speedwagon. Yeah. Um, I can't remember who else we had on that episode, but yeah. I can't remember. Um, very, very... That, that, that's probably the episode they'd have fitted in. Yeah. Although I think you had quite a few that week anyway. So well, that was like rock. Have, they wouldn't have... Yeah, so um, you had White Snake, ACDC, Meatloaf, Foreigner. Yeah, I want to know what yeah. love is. Very similar, yeah. I'd say, to Chicago. REO Speedwagon and Journey. Uh, yeah. From Glee, the song. So yeah, that that... Similar sounds, yeah, I think I'd definitely. say. So, mm. Yeah. Um, where do you think they're from? Oh, do you know what? I've not thought about this this week. Right. Oh, I, um, I mean, for the name, I want to say America. Okay. <laughs> but I don't have a clue. How about Chicago then? It's America. Yeah. So yeah. they're actually from Chicago. Simple I name, isn't think it? Of a band and they thought, well, call it Chicago. Imagine if we made a band. Be called Slough. <laughs> no one would even pay an interest. <laughs> that place. Oh, dear. Uh, okay. So they had seven albums in the 80s. And wait oh. for this. 37 albums in total. I think this is the most we've had. That I is don't think I've had this amount. I, not not that I can remember. No, no. Um, and they had five top ten hits. Across um, the whole of which time? Two, of which two in the 80s. So, yeah, okay. five top ten hits in total in the UK, two in the 80s. However, they were very successful in America. As we found, we find the that difference quite a lot. Of where people can hit it off in America, obviously you've got a bigger, wider audience, and they're not so big in the UK, which is probably why you hear about UK, um, like Robbie Williams and that, and they don't necessarily make it big in, the, in America. Mm. One, because there's a bigger audience that they've got to, you know, there's a, such a diverse, you know, I mean, a country singer over in America can be made for life. Yeah. If they get that right song and really hit off. But we don't have country and Western singers over this, over here, and they don't really do anything. I think it's just very narrow. Like, you've got the mainstream that everyone listens to, and that's like your pop. Yeah. Like, I mean, R&B doesn't really even exist in the mainstream anymore. But, uh, but over there, know, they've got their own charts. Yeah, that's what, so, I mean, yeah, you can find it. Like, grime is, well, it's a very English genre anyway, but they've made their way into the mainstream. So I think, like, rock still are over here, but I think you've got to be in it and got to find it. 
rather than mm. just looking on the charts i think so where in america they've done it right and they've got all these different charts and for each genre we've just got one mainstream which technically is probably just like pop and just pop yeah yeah so we're a bit more narrow in our mainstream line and you go off you branch off to find everything else so like it, it exists yeah. i mean country i don't think would ever hit in england we've not got any where in england that would be a country it's because of all their states isn't it they've got states that are like completely different from one another you can go in one oh, state time and, zones as well that's how yeah, big it is you've got yeah. so many different time zones and that's what i'm saying but also they have got different um, array of uh, music sounds and likes i mean what's big in one part of america can be totally different in another part yeah as i say country and western uh, country or country music like is really big in america but you only know it's obviously only a, a, a certain part of it yeah. whereas obviously you've got your r&b and that in other parts mm. you know i guess it's like so, yeah. it's like going to a different country within a within a country in america whereas england yeah like, but you can drive from it's, the top of England to the bottom of England in probably a, a very, very, very long day, but you could do it. Yeah. So we're just that bit smaller and we don't have that difference in places. Like, yeah, we've got those three countries, but Wales and Scotland don't really listen to any other music than we do in England. So no, and it's, I mean, it's called the that. UK chart, isn't it? So yeah, yeah exactly. they're included anyway. Yeah. So, um, so yes. It's that, diff- it's that, it's the size difference, isn't it? Yeah. So, as I said, they had five top ten hits of two in the 80s in over here. However, over in America, in 1976, they had a number one with If You Leave Me Now. They had Look Away, number one, in US and Canada. However, it only got to number 77 over here in 1989. Oh, wow. So that's the difference. Number 77 over here, number one over across the water. Now... If You Leave Me, which was obviously I gave you to listen to, was a yeah. big hit. That was written by Peter Satira. That's the main guy. Yeah. And Hard to Say I'm Sorry, that was also number one in the US, Ireland and Canada. Oh, wow. So they were hitting big, but yeah. it's just, it is weird how different here. it is in England. But it's not like yeah. people wouldn't have been buying it. It's just... I don't know, it must be, I don't know, it must be like that little bit harder because there's less people, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. So Kath, as I said about earlier, Terry Kath, mm. the person who killed himself, whether he meant to or not, he had the lead vocals on the hit I'm a Man, which got to number eight in 1970. Right. And it was their first UK hit. Oh. So now I think that two of the others, Lamb and uh, I can't think who the other person was, it said, but I think it might be Pankow, Lamb and Pankow, they now pick up his vocals when they go on tour and that, because I suppose that, because it was such a big hit, they still obviously, you know, I mean, I suppose they could have retired it like Elton John as with Candle in the Wind, but they, uh, it's, you know, they, whether they, they still do, but they used to, yeah. Um, pick up the vocals. Yeah. Um, and he was also one of the three primary singers, along with Satira and Lamb. So obviously he was uh, a big loss because he wasn't just a the, a guitarist. He was also a, 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 a vocal singer. So yeah. um, as, and as I say, he obviously sang on the hit "I'm a Man." So um, his loss was a big loss, and they did actually 
think about splitting up um, and disbanding in. Now, whether they'd have done like Joy Division did and formed a completely new band. Yeah. They didn't, obviously, in the end anyway. They carried on. But if they had disbanded, would they have carried on themselves? Or like in 1986, he actually did. Peter Satira, would he have gone and done a solo? Would he have done his solo earlier? In 1986, he did leave. And he ensured his solo career, and that's where I know him from. Because ah, um, obviously, I suppose Chicago was earlier for me, um, and I just know Peter Satira as as a soloist, and mainly for one song, which was a big song with a big film, um, which we will come to when we do male soloists, because he's on that list. Um, they have won a Grammy Award as well in 2014. Okay. They were inducted into the Hall of Fame, and also for what? In... Hall of Fame like rock or. As in, as in the group, the band. Yeah, but what, what, what Hall of Fame? Like uh, the, the Grammy Hall of Fame. Oh, I didn't Grammy know they Awards. had one. Well, they have, obviously. Well, that's a new um, one. And then in 2020, they got a Grammy for the Lifetime Achievement Award. Oh. They also, in 1985, won a couple of Grammys for the Hard Habit to Break single with one of them being the vocal arrangement, which Peter Satira obviously got on, got for it. Do you know what's really so, weird? Like, they're still winning Grammys now, like last year, even though I think not because about... I think in the 80s, a wall, I mean, I don't know when the Brit Awards started. I think that was like mid-80s, or at least that's when I, I suppose, again, because that's when I remember it. Yeah. But when I look up things, it doesn't seem to be anything previously. No, it seems like all these like... things have happened and then the inductees are from beforehand yeah. they've been inducted because of their i suppose their inspiration and their what have you rather than the music at, at their at the that time. time yeah yeah i don't know but i don't know when the grammys which is i suppose i think the americans equivalent yeah. of the brit awards and that i don't know when they they come into play no i don't but it is yeah, weird that, like, but, in 2020, they've got a lifetime. I mean, a yeah. lifetime achievement award is different, but it's weird that, but that people yeah, are still being thought is, of. Yeah, and they're still going. Yeah. Um, so oh, wait, so they're still going? Bit, um, Even think, though Peter went off with, on his own? Yeah, 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 because that was... he. They carried on, it, as I said, in Look Away, was number one in the US and Canada, but only 77. That was in 1989. Mm. And Peter Satira wow. left in 1986. Oh, okay. Did they replace yes. him? Or did they just carry on? No, I think they just, because they, I mean, when I read it out, the amount of them that were on vocals anyway, as I said, Robert Lamb, James Pankow was backing vocals, but I suppose he could have played vocals. Um, yeah. Bill Champlin, he was vocals. I think that's who took over, actually, was Bill Champlin, but I'm not sure when he joined. Okay, so they've got enough people to take over. Yeah. I think I, yeah not make it too much of a difference again. I mean they've never reached I think they were at their high in the 70s and 80s obviously yeah. but that might be because of the music that the way that the music, music was. was for then mm. whereas now as we just explained it's that it's it's yes people still but it's not mainstream as such no like, I think if you're into it like you for example you keep up to date on the people from the 80s that you like like the Harbour Rage yeah. and Pet Shop Boys like they're still releasing but they never make it into the charts no not to think they will, but no. Keep dreaming. Okay. So you had four songs. Yep. And your first one was 1976. If You Leave Me Now, I've always said it made number one in America. Mm-hmm. It also made number one in the UK. Okay, so that's the one. To be honest, so yeah, I'll go, I'll go for that. Like, I know it. 
That's a good one. 1982, Hard to Say I'm Sorry. Yeah. Top 10 hit. Okay. Actually got inside the top five. Oh, go on. It's my favourite. Make four. it number one. <laughs> Build that up, don't you? 1984, Hard Habit to Break. Made it in the top 10. Oh, okay. Didn't make it in the top five, though. Number eight. Not bad, though. These are doing good. No. 1985, you're the inspiration. Made it into the top 20. But didn't make it much further than that. Number 14. Do you know what? They've still not done bad, though. I mean, yeah, they had... And as I say, if you like them, maybe you need to listen to their earlier stuff when you get a chance, when I'm not giving you loads of other songs to listen to. But yeah, um, if you like them, I'd definitely say listen to their, they were probably more um, at their peak in the 70s than the okay. 80s, although they still had hits, as we've just shown, you know, two top 10 hits. Mm. But um, definitely their, their earlier stuff would have been their more peak. Stuff. Yeah. So yes. Ooh, I'll have a look. Because so, yeah. they are, yeah, but like, I really enjoyed these. Really enjoyed them. And it's funny that you're the inspiration was their last big hit, and then before Peter Cetera obviously left, and then they haven't had a hit since. Says something, doesn't it? So, yeah. Okay. Moving on, then. I think I've got a hit out of them. I'm not, I don't know, but just a little think. Um, moving on, Bucks Fizz. Yeah. So these started off great, like making your mind up. I recognise that song, don't know why. I think that these would have been like when you were younger, but these are in your school discos because I feel like they use a very school disco or like uh, party probably, vibes. Uh, I can imagine you being at school. I only, I only went these. to one school disco, which was like a Leavers disco. Oh, yeah, uh, when I left primary school for secondary school, but um, no, um, I wouldn't remember. Um, it probably well, it could well have been, but that's what I think. And were these like big? Because there's a vast amount of songs that you've given me. Like, so were these like no. a big? group you know not like on your spandau ballet vibes or queen but they they were yeah i would say they were big but they were big because they were on the back of winning something right eurovision very major eurovision with making your mind up yes videos i like typed in making your mind up because you know i like to watch one from the beginning one from the end to see if they've changed their look and whatnot it's obviously making your mind up was the first one that you um showed me and it also came up on youtube with eurovision i was like oh let's have a look they're on eurovision so look at them go but they're very extravagant and colorful aren't they love it are they like 70 they won it well Uh... because the colorfulness gives me 70 vibes they were formed in 1981. You're joking. So they yeah. didn't hit the 70s at all? Not at all. Didn't even make because the 80s. Didn't even make well, the 1980s. 80s. should I say? 1980s. I was going to say. Hang on a minute. 1980. <laughs> no, they didn't make 1980. Because they're very colourful. You know, I don't yeah. know. They've just got that vibe of 70s. But it well, just, I suppose they were on I the, guess back, they were, on the they very were, beginning. pop music on the back yeah. of disco. Yeah, that's true. They were the, probably one of the first bands to do that transition from disco to pop. Yeah. And the way they done it, which is probably why they won 
I think there's another reason as well why they won Eurovision, which I'll go into when I'm explaining it. And if you watch the video of them on Eurovision, you probably I didn't know watch as well, it but, fully, right, no, okay. because I'd already watched so, a video of making your mind right. up. That I just like had to look at it and was like, oh my god, they are on Eurovision. They kind of did the same thing as what they did yeah. on the video that I watched for making your mind up, which was Top of the Pops. So it was like the uh-huh. same live performance where they've got their they each had a color and the girl the men pulled the girl's skirts off to reveal hey, another that's curtain. the bit that's hey the bit oh okay so it's all that bit and as i've wrote here Very eurovision clever. winners in 1981 dance routine ripping off the outer skirts revealing even shorter mini skirts underneath. yeah i really like that, that i think obviously it was even if people don't remember i mean the song was good enough to win it yeah personally like on its own but i suppose doing that it's rememberable. I don't know it? where they were in the um in the queue of you know bit of going on, but if you're at the beginning, you want something to remember remind, that. to remember people about. And yeah, see that. I mean, that was all people used to talk about back in the when people talked about Buck Spears. Oh, they're the ones with the whipping whip, where the blokes with the skirts off. Yeah, oh, that's it what was they great. were known for. I liked so, it. Yeah. One of the guys that's like Marty McFly, you know, you know from all Back right. to the Future. Well, they've had a few. So Buck Spears. Formed in 1981, the original lineup were Bobby G, Mike Nolan, Cheryl Baker. Um, she's now a she or she was. She done um, record breakers and she's done other things. Um, I think cookery show or something. But yeah, she's. Oh, I recognise that TV name. Presenting. Yeah, I and Jay, that Ast- Jay Aston. They were the original band members. However, now it, Bobby G is the only present member. Oh, why? So Nolan, well, there's a reason I'll go into. Okay. Nolan left in 1996. Cheryl Baker left in 1993. And Jay Aston left in 1985. Oh. However, those three still tour as The Fizz. So there was a falling out. Wow. There's been 13 other members since who have left and joined Royal Thing, including... David Van Day, who was um, part of Bucks between 1996 and 1997. Who's that? You will hear about him later on in this show. Ooh. Okay. So one of the guys left mid-80s. Yeah. Right. So does that mean some of the... No, 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 1996, uh, Mike Nolan left. I thought you said a guy. There was only one, one of the women, Jay Aston, left in 1985... And right. that was on the back of this. Their tour coach crashed in December 1984 after a, they'd done a gig in Newcastle. The coach collided with an articulated lorry and Bobby G received whiplash. Jane Aston was hospitalised with back and head injuries. Cheryl Baker broke three vertebrae in her spine, while Mike Nolan suffered the worst injuries with his head badly injured with internal bleeding and was in a coma. Oh, my goodness. After an operation, he was reported to have died on the operating table and placed on life support machine. Luminette. Now, Buck's Fizz popularity at the time was so big, obviously, on the back of um, obviously winning Eurovision. Yeah. They kept that going because with their songs. And they actually made the front pages of the papers, um, the coach crash, and obviously, you know, with Nolan's uh, condition. And it was reported at the time that Nolan's condition was reported as critical. However, he awoke from his coma saying the words, I'm all right. Oh, okay. But 
The effects remain with him even today as he oh. suffers from epilepsy, short-term memory loss, and he only has 50% vision in both eyes. So he oh. lost 50% of his vision. Wow, bless him. And following the crash, Jay Aston left the group and was replaced by Shelley Preston, who was with them from 1985 to 1990. So would I have watched videos with a different woman? You may well have, yes. No, well, no, they only had one wheel, no, only one wheel hit. So pretty much after... Right. Uh, I was just trying to crash, picture whether anyone was different. No, they only had one hit, which was New Beginning, which was 1986. Oh, I did not like that song. So, yeah, so that would have been the only song that they'd have done differently that you listened to. Do you know what they give me? Not because of their sound, but because they're like dynamics. But a bit of ABBA. Uh-huh. And they're not disco-y, but like it's two women, two men. Um, they've got good dynamics as a group. And they've got that bit of, you know, that up-tempo pop giving you a bit Yeah, and I, I, mean? I think they probably they might have been inspired. Um, looked at ABBA mm. um, as inspired. Obviously, they both made their fame originally from Eurovision. Yeah. But done the same. That is true. And they were four, two women, two blokes. Yeah. And they were mainly, they're not musicians. Um, they were mainly no, not all. Like one of them played a guitar. Yeah. And that's a bit like Abba with the pianist. But yeah. Pianist. But um, other than that. Mm. Um, so Bobby G and David Van Day clashed while in the new lineup. So Van Day right. left to join Nolan. However, Bobby G put an injunction on the Bucks Fizz name, resulting in the new name Bucks Fizz starring Mike Nolan and featuring David Van Day. Well, that's a mouthful, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and funny enough, it didn't really um, didn't hit come off. to much. Um, he was trying to cash in, I think, on the yeah, name Bucks Fizz. Definitely. So then his feud continued with Bobby G, as in David Van Day's, which was eventually settled out of court with Van Day agreeing to perform as David Van Day, The Bucks Fizz Show, even though he wasn't... He's nothing to do Fizz. with them, well, really. He was, he was, no, it was there for a not, year. Yeah, a year. yeah. So he wouldn't and he fell out with all with the original the, members. Yeah. And it's been reported as the messiest breakup in music history. What, Bucks Fizz? Or yeah, the, Van Day. the Van Day and Bobby G. He just sounds like an awful man. Yeah, as I say, he uh, Bobby G still continues as Bucks Fizz, and the others continue as the Fizz. Even that woman who left after the crash. Yeah, she's come back. I think it does include her. I don't think it's Shelley Preston, from what I could work out. But it might, it might well be Chili Preston. They just said the original three. And the original three for me is, or the original four, obviously not including Bobby G, the original three is Nolan, Baker and Aston, not Preston. Yeah, and Preston replaced Aston, yeah? Yes, yes. Okay. I just loved their videos. I loved seeing them. Like, it was very, it was nice to see the women, like, with their perms and changing hairstyles yeah. and Sh- seeing what they 80s. could do. Yeah. Yeah. Neon um, colours. That was the 80s. Perms. And it was nice. In one of the videos, I hear talk. I saw like an insight to some magazines uh-huh. in the video. So I was like, oh, that's all a bit of Vogue. Cosmopolitan, I think, was there. But like how they, that, like the layouts of what they look like. So I was like, 
so we're different. And I swear, Bucks Fizz, they give me the vibes that they were on people's bedroom walls on a poster. Oh, I'm a bit yeah, up there. Sure they would have been. Yeah, yeah, definitely up yeah. there. They're big enough for that. Okay. So they had eight studio albums all in the 80s. Okay. And they had some number ones. Right. Out of all of them, I would expect these because they've just seen the biggest that I've listened to. Obviously, making your mind up. Uh, three number ones so you know now there's no more number ones because okay. i said four and you've already yeah. had one which was the one created the so these are the ones with three number ones so that shows you how big they were all on the back of eurovision so they were our abba they were the uk so they're british british. as well okay yeah 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 i said that yeah and they were pop pure pop do you know what i did write down i can't put my finger on a genre but then when I was writing down that ABBA, I was like, oh, it's got to be some sort of pop. Yeah, pure, just pop. That's it. So 1981, Making Your Mind Up on the back of Viewer Vision, where they won, was number one. Yeah. 1981, Piece of the Action, on the back of obviously their success now, number 12. Not bad. 1981, One of Those Nights, number 20. So people are probably thinking okay. now, oh, they're just a... They've had their fame, Eurovision, number one. But their songs did change. Like, they're not all, like, making your mind up. They're not all, like, oh. making your mind up is, like, the pop of the pop of their songs, I think. And then yeah. they kind of, I think they, like, played around with the pop. So people must have been like, oh, this. I bet everyone just compared it to making your mind up wanting that. And it uh -huh. weren't all like that. So they probably were like, oh, no, not buying that. So, 1981, The Land of Make Believe, number one. Really? Yes. Okay. So we've got one left. Which one do you think was the number one that's left? I want to go with like London Town. Okay. 1982, My Camera Never Lies. Number one. That was a good song, though, to be fair. Like, if that weren't right after The Land of Make Believe, I probably would have said that one. I didn't yeah. think it would be like number one, number one. 1982, Now Those Days Are Gone, number eight. Okay. 1982, If You Can't Stand the Heat, number 10. 1983, Run For Your Life, number 14. So they're slowly going down. 1983, When We Were Young, number 10. Back okay. in the top 10? Yep. 1983, London Town. So you reckon this could have been a number one? You're going to say it's out of 40. Number 34. You're joking. I really liked that. There you go. like the video to that as well. 1984, Talking in Your Sleep. Number 15. 1984, I Hear Talk. Number 34. What is with these? That's another good song. <laughs> like, okay. And in 1986, New Beginning. Mumba Sewa, which I actually like, and it was on a Now compilation back you then like as well. You like it? Yeah, I think it was Now 8 or num Now 7. It was, I think it was around that that sort of... Shows number. your age when you're going, Where's Now your, 8, yeah. Now 7. So um, that tells you it done well to have got onto a Now tape. Number 8. I just... I wrote, is it a remix? <laughs> Didn't like it. It was really different to their other songs. Yeah, yeah, it was totally different. But then the music would have changed drastically from the beginning of the 80s. We're now coming to 
you know, mid 80s where it has changed. So you'll find out because, as I say, we're going into music now that I. Yeah, but if that's what. Yeah, but if New Beginnings, what it's coming into, keep me out of it then because I'm not a fan. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a fan of that. Okay. You've got high hopes. (laughs) Another hit there, I think. Altered Images. Altered Images. This girl has a really annoying voice. Is really annoying. It's like childlike and nasally. And at first, I was like, "Happy birthday" makes me feel really happy. Love it. Great song. Got a fun voice is what I had for that one. I'll go through the songs. I get to the end. I'm like, right, it's more of a child's voice. And it's really nasally. And oh no, the second song, "I Could Be Happy," is really instrumental. And I'm like, why are you doing that? What are you doing that for? And I don't know. I'm back and forth with my opinions about these. Like they're really catchy, and they're like you know you can kind of sing to them but they're like fun but a bit weird i don't know i can't i don't know i reveal i reveal later but claire grogan had a song not was it written about her i suppose based on her or inspired by her would probably be better so she was the inspiration for a song okay that you've listened to right in a previous episode, it got to number one. Did you not tell me when you... I don't think I did. I think I left it. So a song that got to number one was written because the lead singer or the writer of the music of that band... Yeah. ...fancied the pants off her. Okay. I mean, she's very pretty. She's very... I wrote she's very pure. Like, she's very, like... I don't know. It's like she's been airbrushed. There's just nothing wrong with her. Like, and she's got a statement red lipstick in like every video. And she's very, she wears more like 50s dress, I want to say. Like in some of the videos, she's got more 50s. I want, like, I don't know. That's what I got from her. And there's lots of guitarists as well. But yeah, I'm very back and forth with this. And it's like, when I listen to it more and more, I'm like, I do not want to like you in your voice. I don't want to like you. You're annoying me. So you don't, you don't your like songs oh, Her voice yeah. is, gets annoying. When you listen to it, one after another, you're like... Yeah. Maybe that's why her solo career didn't really take off then. Maybe maybe that's the reason why. It's just very nasally. I don't it's know. like, is that she really didn't... her voice or does she do something? Yeah. Well, she went on to be an actor in oh. EastEnders. So there you go. But that's where she started from because she was in a film. But I will go to all that through that. And I suppose when, I, I should correct myself when I say um, the lead singer fancied the pants off her. I think that's a bit, you know, he had a crush on her. I suppose if I should, I should say he had a crush on her and then wrote, penned a song that got to number one. There you go. Um, so altered images are Claire Grogan on vocals, Gerald Caesar McNulty or McInulty on guitar, Michael Titch Anderson on drums, Tony McDade on guitar, and Johnny McElhone, or McElhone on bass. They were formed in 1979 okay. in Glasgow, Scotland. Okay. And they're classed as a new wave band or yeah. post-punk band. Yeah, I can see that with the way that she is. She's uh-huh. just a very happy human. Yeah. That's what she um, is. They had three albums, all in the 80s, mm-hmm. and they had three top 10 hits. Okay, yeah. I can so, probably guess their top 10 hits. 
Which would, I mean, you didn't have that many songs, so which, um, were, which do you think the three are that were top ten? Happy Birthday, Pinky Blue, and Don't Talk To Me About Love. I'm very okay. confident. I like Don't Talk To Me About Love, I must say, I like that. So initially they were all members of the Sushi and the Banshees fan club. Oh. So they're obviously very influenced. Oh, do you know what? Now yeah, now you've said that, I do see a bit of sushi, yeah. And when they heard that the Banshees were coming to play in Scotland, they sent a demo tape to the manager of the fan club with a note asking if they could support them on tour. Ooh. The Banshees obviously then got hold of it and gave them a support slot on their 1980 tour. How cool is that? And that is how that? they started. So not only were they fans of the Banshees, they then they also got, got recognition them. by supporting them. How cool is that? So, yeah. And their name comes from a Buzzcocks single, Promises, where Buzzcocks vocalist Pete Shelley kept interfering with the sleeve designs, hence Altered Images was championed. Okay. I like a story behind names. So, yeah. Um, Altered Images were championed by BBC Radio 1 DJ John Peel when they recorded a radio session with him in the October of 1980, and they earned a record deal on the back of that. That's with cool. Epic Records. They've done really so, yeah. well. Like, I like how they've got into the industry. I like that. They've worked for it and tried for it and done it on their own. And they went on to win... Best New Group with NME and Most Promising New Act with Smash Hits, both in 1981. It's her voice, isn't it? So literally, they were formed in 1979, toured with the Banshees in 1980, got a record deal on the back of a John Pill session, and then they were seen as the next up and think, up and coming. But they've already got themselves out there, haven't they? Like, if you're yeah. supporting um, Sushi and the Banshees, you're getting their fans to look into yeah. you and you've already got a fan base kind of covered in a way. So I quite like the way they've done that. So after the band disbanded or split, whether you want to look at it, in 1983... Oh, so it didn't last long? No, hence only three albums all in the mm. 80s. Yeah. Um, Claire Grogan started a solo career. However, her first single, Love Bomb, failed. And then London Records scrapped the follow-up plans, a follow-up single on an album. They oh, scrapped it. They were just like, no, you're not good. So, <laughs> See yeah. you later. So they obviously realised, well, if this song, this is the main song, this hasn't done anything, the follow-up single's not, and the album's not really, so they, yeah. They, People uh, had had enough of her voice by then. So obviously, as Altered Images had a little following, but not enough to warrant a solo career, I suppose. Or like you, people weren't in love with her as much as a certain other singer. And as maybe. much as a songwriter. Go on, reveal. Yeah. So I will, I will come to that. So Claire went on to be an actor in EastEnders. Red actress. Dwarf. Father Ted. Sorry, actress. <laughs> Who did she play? Um, in EastEnders, she was to do a VM. I think she was a reporter or something. I do remember her in it, like a reporter or something. And I think she was something to do with Ian Bill. So, so like yeah. a minor part. No, no, she'd become a, a, I think it'd become a subplot part sort of thing. Okay. Um, this is yeah. before my time, though, isn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah, so yeah. So it yeah, even... yeah, it'd have been probably late 80s, might have been early 90s. I can't remember. Okay. 
so yeah she was in um, eastenders red draw father ted and skins um, oh as well as a supporting role in the film gregory's girl and now the bit you're waiting for claire yes. grogan is the inspiration for the song true true by uh, spandau, spandau ballet as gary kemp had a crush on her at the time gary kemp so one of the biggest selling songs true of the wow. 80s or that year 19 is based i'm on gonna go back and listen to the lyrics for that now now i know that i'm gonna listen so yeah um Gerald McNulty on guitar, he left in 1982 and was replaced by John McNiven from Berlin Blondes later in the year after the release of their second album. Both McNiven and Anderson, Michael Titch, they then left to be replaced by multi-instrumentalist Steve Laroni from Restricted Code. So these are both um, Berlin Blondes and Restricted Code are not they weren't big groups, didn't oh, really okay. have any hits. They were just, you know. Um, but Grogan and Laroni, they later married. So that put pay to oh. Gary Kemp was hoping, I suppose. <laughs> she ended up marrying a bandmate of hers, but not one of the original members. Okay. okay so but by this time, what images had slowly going. Yeah. But yeah. As um, probably shown by their. Well, you'll see, they're, 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 they've got varied looking at so it. They're kind of up so and I'll, down. I'll go through, yeah. So, 1981, Happy Birthday. Good song. Inside the top 10. Well, it's one that I said. So, I'm right Inside with one. Inside the top five. Ooh, three. Number two. Oh, okay. That's good. That is good, but not if you you probably look back and think, oh, just a few more hundred thousand singles if we'd sold. I don't know who was number one then. I'd have to have a look. Um, 1981, I Could Be Happy. It was in the top 10. No, I don't agree so with that. That is one of their, what did I say, three top 10 hits. That was one of them. Don't so agree with that. number seven. No, I don't agree with that. Yeah. 1982, See Those Eyes. It's a bit like Happy Birthday. Where's Happy Birthday just missed out on top spot? See Those Eyes just missed out on a top 10. Number 11. All right. 1982. Now, this was one that you thought might have been one of their top 10 hits. Yeah. Pinky Blue. Yeah. It's actually their worst selling single. Or at least really? as far as their top, their top singles go. Yeah. Um, number 35. What is it with songs that I like this week? So it just shows you, doesn't it, the difference in music taste of generations around in the 80s. You you may well have liked it, but it wasn't a song, obviously, at that time that um, people people. were. Yeah. 1983, Don't Talk to Me About Love. Top 10 hit. Good. Number seven. Okay, I'll take that. It's not top five, but I'll take top 10. And then 1983... Bring Me Closer, which was their last, obviously, um, major hit. Mm. And that got to number 29. Okay. Not bad. Now, the funny thing is, I've just looked who was number one. And oh, when was, Happy Birthday, Miss Down. Yeah, it was David Stewart, who we will be talking about very soon, funny enough, because he's from a group that we were oh, okay. discussing. But this wasn't a group. This was Dave Stewart with... 
Barbara Gaskin, and it was called It's My Party. (laughs) (laughs) That's quite funny. I don't know whether that's like the... um, Was that the theme? I don't know. Is whether it was the song, the It's My Party and... Oh, yeah. I don't know if it's that. I'm not sure. I didn't know that was um, Dave Stewart, if it is. but um, That was the number one. Or David. Dave Stewart. That was... Well, don't go looking him up, because now you're going to find out what group he's in. I'm not Spotify, I just find out. Oh, okay. Him. All right. So, the, yeah, that was the number one when Happy Birthday was number two. So, you had Ooh. It's My Party. Dad. Yeah. It's My Party that you've just sang. It's actually It's My Birthday. It's My Birthday and I Cry. Oh, okay. Not It's My Party. Oh, right. You've got the right oh, tune, okay. but the wrong words. As I was typing in Party, then It's song. My Birthday came up, and I was like, no, that, that's what they're thinking. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. I just made an idiot of myself. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I love a little song. I can't sing, and I sing the wrong song. I don't even know what it's my party is then. Um, but it was number two for three weeks, and it was also number two to every little thing she does is magic by the police. This is happy birthday. Yes. So it was kept off number one by two different songs. Well, it kept itself up there during that time, though. So, yeah. Um, it's my party was number one for two weeks and then every little thing she does is magic which was number three jumped over happy birthday and become number one so yeah okay i think i've got another hit there moving on oh no actually you weren't you're a bit indecided yeah not sure dollar dollar so they've got a love song as their first song and I was like, oh my goodness, I don't really do love songs. I do, I mean, I say that, I've probably had loads of songs from that. Oh, it's a bit heartfelt, I like this. But a full-on love song. And they're a duo, aren't they, from the videos? And I watched a video for Love's Got a Hold On Me, their lovey song, and they're very lovey with each other. Like, are they together? <laughs> Funny enough, they weren't. They were, uh, they had, so let me explain to you who Dollar R. Dollar R, yeah. Mr. David Van Day. Oh, okay. Oh, well, I don't like it. And Teresa Bazaar. Um, They were formed in 1978 until 1983. And then they reformed in 1986 to 1988. They didn't join Bucksfist until the 90s. Bucksfist till 90s. So they had two albums in the 80s, three in total. And they had three top 10 hits, five in total. Two were from 1979. So they had three in the 80s. Okay. Van Day and Bazaar met when they were successfully auditioned for the cabaret act Guys and Dolls, and they became romantically involved. And by 1977, with that group in decline, they were both asked to leave, and they then went and formed Dollar oh. not long after. Okay. Speaking of dolls, they do a very weird video. Oh, really? Couldn't finish watching it. Oh, what's that? Mirror, mirror. Very weird video. Uh-huh. It's in like a doll shop and the jack-in-the-box pops out. It gave me the creeps. And they like, there's these two dolls and then they become like, the two dolls basically become real life people, which is them two. So they're like these little people, but obviously it's all like camera and, yeah, yeah. and whatnot and um, editing. But they're moving like, you know, oh, what film is it? Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yes. When they pretend to be them dolls. They're moving like that. And I'm like, so weird. And I swear... This Van Day guy, he's had work done. Oh, he's yeah. Definitely yeah. had work done. Like, he's yeah, very, do you, you recognise him? Do you know of him? Heard of him? 
no maybe i should read a bit more during a promotion trip to japan in 1983 relations between van day and bazaar became tempestuous and van day quit and he started a solo career so hence the gap between 83 and 86 yeah and bizarre then did likewise however neither had much success a bit like claire grogan and see not everyone yeah. necessarily goes on to have success as a soloist and by 1986 they had reformed did they get back together romantically as well no 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 not that i'm aware of oh, okay and then by late 1988 they disbanded and van day again attempted to launch a solo career while bizarre left the music industry completely and moved to Australia to raise her own family. And Van Day eventually joined Bucks Fizz, as we've already spoke about. Yeah. Then in 2002, Van Day convinced Bazaar to rejoin him in Dollar for a reunion tour where they took part in the Here and Now tour featuring other 80s singers and bands. They also took part in the reality show Reborn in the USA in 2003, and they soon became the centre of attention due to an argument with pop star Sonia. And Dollar were the first act to be voted off. Oh, this guy. <laughs> causes trouble with it's, the it's, it's everywhere he yeah. goes. And he's really clinging on to wanting to be in the music industry. Yeah, yeah. Like He's like, okay, yep, we've broken up. Solo career. No, that's not work. Come back to me. Sorted. Break up. Solo career. Nope, not working. Who can I jump on? Bucks is. Yes. Oh, falling out with you. Let's try you. Falling out with you. I'm going to do my own show. Nope, let's get the original back and just fall out with everybody. And go into a reality show like, and fall out with Sonia, who was quite big back then uh, and was probably well liked. And I think, yeah, they yeah. probably were. Doesn't make Probably sense. lost on. Like I mean, one, they probably, I don't know how, I don't know if it was, they sang their own songs. I mean, they didn't have a big back catalogue I wouldn't have said but yeah they were they were first voted off so whether that was because of their singing I mean I did I, it's not a group I really had much to I with. like them and, well um, uh, oh man it's fine I don't want to change your mind I, you know this could be another well he's making it change back no, he, no, no, no. he you can't go on don't that don't like him you, I don't like you, him you've don't based like him. your decision on the music you've listened to not the background of the group I just want to put that well, out there if it was the background of the group but yeah. Um, anyway, then um, Dollar also appeared in a show celebrating Trevor Horn at Wembley Arena in 2004 alongside ABC and the Pet Shop Boys. Trevor Horn. Who, where's he from again? Uh, he was him? to do with Yes and Video Killed the Radio Star, Buggles. Bug- okay. And then in 2008, they reformed to take part in Pop Goes the Band. Now, I don't really even know what that was. But um, this is why I was wondering if you knew of him. In 2008, Van Day appeared in I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Ah, but think how old I was in 2008. I was only like, how old was I then? 13. Yeah. Were you not into it then? I don't think I was into So he nah. finished fourth. But while on the show, he wrote a new song with... Um, Oh, I've forgotten his name. Uh, Timmy Mallet from Itsy Bitsy Teeny Weeny Yellow Poker to Bikini. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they wrote a new song called Biff Boff Baff. Or Biff Baff Boff. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. 
it failed to chart. <laughs> okay. So, and Van Day hasn't been really in the headline since then. He'll probably turn up on some Saturday night. If I, I can, I can imagine him being on that um, Michael McIntyre, the Will, or whatever it's called. Oh yeah, I can imagine the, him popping yeah, up on the Will. Like but yeah, he's um, like that. So yeah, so that that's the background on Dollar, really, or the background on David well, Van you know Dyke. But... <laughs> yeah, more in... their songs are very catchy. Ah. And this, my favourite, Ola Moore. Oh, love that song. Wow, I'm glad you love that song. Oh, why do you like it? I do. Oh, um, nineteen seventy nine, Love's Got Hold on Me, was in the charts, and it got to number fourteen. You could have left that out. I didn't enjoy that one. Then in 1979, I Want to Hold Your Hand. That got to number 19. Okay. 1981. So we're now into the actual 80s. So I gave you those just to give you a bit of a, what their other songs. And I think they were covers, but I'm not 100% sure on that. But I don't think Dollar, I think they were more of a, a cover band. Oh, Ola Moore is now the cover, isn't it? Yeah. Sorry, it's just clicked in my head. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Carry on. So, 1981, Handheld in Black and White, number 19. 1981, Mirror Mirror, Monomar, Monomore, number four. 1982, Give Me Back My Heart, number four. Okay. 1982, Videotech, number 17. So they're hitting their top 20s. 1982, Give Me Some Kind of Magic, number 34. Oh, that went right down, didn't it? 1987, Olamar, number seven. Oh, good. Which was a cover of the song by Erasure. Oh. That is an Erasure song. Yes. Oh, can I, I'm going to listen to it. So, um, Erasure got to number, I'm just trying to find out for you. So, I don't think it was an initial hit because it was one of their early songs. Yeah, nine, 1986, Erasure brought it out. So, the year before Dollar, and they got to number. Oh, they jumped on that quick, didn't they? 85. Oh, all right. I'll listen to it then because you won't give it. And then I'm pretty sure they re-released it in the 90s. Yes, they did. No, no, 2003. They re-released it, Erasure, and it got to number 13. So Dollar had the bigger hit. That's mad. Do you know what? Why do I feel like I've listened to Rollamore by Erasure? Like, so Connor's gone on an Erasure thing, and I'm sure you sent me that for him to listen to. I'm sure I've listened to that um, Erasure's version. Or maybe I'm just making that up. Maybe well like yeah. Yeah. I'm going to listen to it. Okay. One, I will move on. It sounds like another hit. Sounds like another hit. Godly and Cream. Yeah. So these are catchy. A bit slow starting. And this, like, so I've got three songs. Yes, yeah, yeah. Three, three songs, songs for these. And they're kind of all different from each other. And I really don't get the song Cry at all. And then I watched the video. Great video. I told you to watch the video. You told me to watch. Did say yeah. to watch the video. Great video. Really good transitions of the faces. And it's got a really diverse amount of people. Really enjoyed it. And I like that it starts and ends with the same guy. 
really enjoyed that video very and to be honest like I watched a video for wedding bells they're just like a bit of simplicity like wedding bells is just the four of them in like these really shiny suits dancing uh-huh. but wedding bells oh love that song but yeah they're just all a bit different from each other like wedding bells is really like get you moving up tempo and then you've got cry which is very slow and like I don't know hitting a different feeling and under your thumb is kind of I don't know kind of like in the middle like it's not up tempo it's not I like I, under, just, under your thumb is uh, probably my favorite I do, yeah um, I do like under your thumb and then uh, I can't think of wedding bells I don't even know what that is I think the name would have probably put me off the song called wedding bells oh it's um, a good one but yeah I know under your it's thumb and I do like cry but um under your thumb is my not favorite. really a big fan of them. So, so, yeah, but yeah, because of the video as well, because you got to think, I was it was in this is the, the yeah, video age with MTV and that, yeah, or top of the pops of that because I if I played the video like and that. things. I like did that, like so. the video, yeah, but I didn't really get the okay. song. Like it was kind of like okay, and it was weird because I watched the cry video first and I was like, I don't even know who out of these faces are in the band. Like it was because I hadn't I hadn't watched any other videos. Watched that one first to see what the why you yeah. wanted me to watch it and I was like no idea who's in this band watch your watch next to find out who's in the band so yeah so. but yeah they're just all different from each other but there's only three so it's yeah. not really no 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 well they they were from a band oh in the 1970s so Godley and Cream who are Kevin Godley vocals and drums and Lowell Creme I suppose it's not. I suppose it's Godly and Creme. I ultimately say Cream. Godly and Creme. Cream egg. Yes. <laughs> even though it hasn't got an A. Uh, Godly and Creme. So Kevin Godly, vocals and drums, and Lowell Creme, vocals and guitar and keyboards. Hey. They were formed in 1977 in Greater Manchester, Stockport. Oh. After they both left 10CC. Oh, okay. And they're known as a new wave pop rock. Music. But then it's not just them two. There's four people. Oh well, the others must be backing musicians because it's called Godly and Creme because it is Godly and Creme. Yeah, but there's four. Like obviously oh. in Cry, you've got all the people who couldn't tell who it was. But in Wedding oh. Bells, there's four people. Oh. There's a guy some... with like grey curly hair. Then there's a guy with like short hair. He's quite short. And there's two other guys. Right. Well, the people you just said mentioned, so the curly hair is David Godley and the short guy is Lowell. Oh, uh, they must have been backing musicians because the group, well, that they were known as Godley and Creme and that's what they were. So I feel sorry for the other two if they, you know. If they were like the Were main yeah. players. But yeah. And I suppose because I just looked up Godley and Creme, I've only got the information on them. They weren't a group as such, as I say. Yeah, yeah. So they directed their first singles video in 1979 and then became involved in producing videos for other artists, such as, and this is quite a prestigious list, Ultravox, The Police, Yes. Now, bear in mind, Yes, I've got Trevor Horn, who become a producer in that himself. Um, Whether whether he was still with them then, I don't know. Duran Duran, Frankie Goes to Hollywood, and Wang Chung as well as directing the groundbreaking video for their 1985 single, Cry. Wow. They've done good, haven't they? Yeah, and they also, and when you say they've done good, they did, because Godly and Creme wrote 10CC's early singles, including Rubber Bullets, which made number one in 1973, 
and Donna, which made number two in 1972. So when were they formed, did you say? When they, they left 10cc, they formed or become, they oh, become yeah. a duo they're, in 1977. They were in 10cc, sorry. I was like, as you were saying about them writing songs, I was like, oh, so they were doing bits before they were together, but yeah. Yeah. But the, yeah, they were in 10 cc so just on there so i've just given you the names of bands they've worked for these yeah. are now the actual videos that they were involved with these are what right. they got credits for right. every breath you take okay yeah girls on film and a view to a kill for duran duran wow. we close our eyes go west which you haven't listened to yet Two Tribes and The Power of Love from Frankie Goes to Hollywood, which we haven't come to yet, plus Fade to Grey by Visage. Mm. Now, when you think how long ago Visage was... But you didn't say Visage at the beginning. No, no, no. Well, they weren't seen as a big group. So I gave you the groups first. Right. The songs, yeah? Okay, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so um, they're the videos, the main videos that they were credited to. How cool is that? Yeah. Multi-talented. Yeah, most definitely. They had four albums in the 80s, seven in total. Um, and they had two top ten hits. So you've listened to three. What do you reckon the top ten hits were? I reckon... I want it to be Under Your Thumb and Wedding Bells, but I feel like Crying's going to be up there. On the back of a video that obviously yeah, we know yeah. that MTV was playing, playing videos which sold singles. Yeah, so I reckon Wedding Bells and Cry. It's going to be under okay. your thumb and cry. I really want it to be wedding bells. Okay. 1981. <laughs> yeah. We only have three. 1981. <laughs> under your thumb. Number three. Oh, that's good. Very. 1981. Wedding bells. Made it into the top ten. Oh, okay. Yeah. Number seven. Nice. Hey, my favourites have done good this week, you know. Yeah, yeah. 1985, Cry, number 19. Not bad. No. But I'm quite shocked on, right, with, like you say, on the back of the video, I would have thought it might have got a bit. Yeah, yeah, I, I, was, I thought that was their biggest hit because it's the one that everyone, if you if you mention God and Krem, most people would probably go cry because they know because the Because of the video, but yeah. actually, the other two songs done better in the charts. I was quite surprised myself. I'll take that, and, though. Um, I like the other two. Obviously, I was lifted, so yeah. But um, no, I mean, I do like Under Your Thumb, and yeah, number three. Listen to Wedding... It's not really your thing, Wedding Bells, though, but... No? No, it's not your... You've, I don't think you'd like it. Okay. So yeah, that was Godly and Krim. Maybe another hit here. Moving on. Beggar and Co. They dressed up as... So you only gave me two. That's correct. And somebody helped me out. I swear is a song about being beggars. And on the top of the pops, they actually dressed up as if they were beggars. Like they lived up to their name. So now I'm thinking, is there a story behind the name? Well, if there is, I haven't got it. <laughs> oh, so there can't be then. Because so, it um, would have come up, wouldn't it? Yeah. So Beggar and Co. are Kenny Wellington, uh, vocals and trumpet. David Baptiste, vocals, saxophones and flute. And Neville Breeze McCreef on vocals and guitar and they were formed in 1980 they were pop jazz funk soul band from the uk they had one album in 1981 
and they had three in total and they had two top 40 singles of which you've listened to them both mm-hmm. <laughs> and their first single spent a total of 10 weeks in the uk charts that's somebody help me out it's got to be uh yes it was i would yeah. say Members of Beggars & Co. got together with other musicians to form the Brit Funk Association in 2016, releasing two albums. And in 2021, the band released a self-titled album, Beggar & Co. So they're still going. They're still going. Wow. Still going. Cool. Well, do you know what? I don't know. Like, I weren't that big a fan of Mule. Like, it was a complete change in sound. Like, the two songs that I've got... I mean, I know I've just said this for Godly and Creme, but because there's only two, you just compare them two together. And they're just yeah, very, of course you would, yeah. They're just very different. Like, you've got Somebody Help Me Out, very upbeat, gets you going, want to move to it. And then you've got Mule, which is a bit more, I don't know. I can't really explain Mule. Like, it just weren't that great. And they, like, the only videos I could find was them both on top of the parks. And like, somebody helped me out. Like I say, they were, they were dressed as like beggars. You keep saying somebody then... helped me out. I keep thinking you're asking someone to help you out. I'm <laughs> the name of their song. I keep looking, oh, yeah, that's the name of their song. <laughs> You've said it three times now. I'm thinking, what do you want me to do? Little Sorry, message. Yeah, yeah, help I, I just, me. When you keep saying that, I'm automatically thinking, what are you trying to say? What do you help with? But you're not. That's their song. No, no. So just as beggars for that one, and a mule. Like they were there, and I, all I could think was if people went on TV now, dressed like they did, Ofcom would get so many complaints because they were like topless and just like really just skimpy vests. And I'm like, oh. no one go like. But there's been other people like that before from the 80s where they go on with like questionable outfits. I'm like, people did that now. You'd get so many complaints. And no, yeah, again, that's that shows how think. times have changed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the mule weren't really yeah. that great. Okay. To be I mean, they weren't like, a big they group, but they, they played a little part, obviously, in the 80s music scene. Yeah. Um, so 1981, and that was it for them, really. They came and oh. went, really, <laughs> as far as, as 1981 went. They had so somebody helped me out. I don't mean that literally. That is the name of the <laughs> yeah. single. Um, that got to number 15. And as I said, Not that bad. stayed in the charts for 10 weeks. That's good. And in 1981, Mule, chant number two, that only got to number 37. Yeah. Um, so like yourself, obviously, people were expecting similar to somebody help me out. It didn't happen. And then they just got That's lucky. It, really. it, probably, it sounds like they got yeah. lucky with that one song and that was it. But like more fair play to them. They made the... Yeah. And they're still going now. So they're obviously... They're, yeah. They're and now, I don't know if they're, still, if, they're, if they're releasing under the Brit Funk Association or under Beggar & Co. Because it just it, it did say the self-titled album, Beggar & Co. So, oh, so that must tell be. me it's there. Yeah. But yeah. Do you know what, though? Like, hats off to them for still going, because in the videos, they just look like they're having fun. And they just look like, like they're not there to make the money, I don't think. I think they're just there because they enjoy it. Like, yeah. that's what I get from them. Okay. So that is this week's... What did we have? Six in the end, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm looking forward to this. I think I've not only educated you, I think I've inspired you, influenced you in 80s music this week. And I think that's the theme we're going to be seeing as we go on now, because it's music I like and I think you might like. We will see. We will see. So give me your results for this week. So Chicago... 
loved her massive hair. Like, oh, yeah. I've played them again and again since. So you need to listen to their earlier stuff. To, to, yeah. to, you might not like it, you might. No, but uh, the songs that you've given me, love them. Like, I've played them again and it, again and again. Yeah. Um, Buck's Fizz was a hit also. Yeah, I enjoyed so those. They had three number ones. Yeah. <laughs> Biggest yeah. amount of songs you had to this week. Yeah, biggest and the biggest amount week, of so yeah. albums as well. I think. Yeah. Well, no, that was Chicago. Chicago. Had oh yeah, no, biggest Chicago. amount of thirty-seven. So got them mixed up. Um, altered images were a miss. Ooh. So with the like, I did like some of the songs, but it got to the point where I was like, I can't listen to it anymore. Uh-huh. I can't do it. Like her voice just really put me off them. So it's like, yeah, they've got catchy songs and they're ones that I wouldn't skip if the songs that I like came on. I wouldn't skip them, you know, if it was on a completion, wouldn't skip it. But, but you wouldn't go and I see wouldn't go with, or buy an no, album. No, no, no. Um, Dollar were a hit. Really Ooh, enjoyed David them. Van Day will be where he pleased. Oh, yeah, pretty sure we will. He, could we form on the back of this? He could. Yeah, because he'll be thinking, I can tap into the... The, the new generation. 1990s babies now. Grown up <laughs> children. Let's try again. Adult, young adults, sorry. I can get children. into them. Yeah. <laughs> I can I can tap into them now. So they could reform on the back of this podcast. I'll send them a message. That. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be right on it. Um, Godly and Creme were a hit. I did like those. The only one I didn't like was Cry, but I think the video that, yeah, that I really enjoyed the other two. And then Beggar and Co were just a myth, only because they had the two songs. Somebody yeah, helped yeah. me out was the one that I really liked. I think liked if they were both good together. songs, it might then, have been a hit. Yeah, yeah, if they were both like somebody helped me out, it would have been, they would have been up yeah. there because it would have been like, but oh, so this let's is what be honest, about. It looks like that's what the people in the 80s felt about them. As yeah, well. and like wanted more of that and they didn't get it. Yeah. So, yeah, so you got four out of six okay although you thought altered images were going to be a hit but her voice just annoyed me too much yeah right next week the final week the The final final week week. um going on to next week then these are your final series one bands that you will be listening to a b c no although you've mentioned them today Modern Romance. No. Heaven 17. Recognise that. We mentioned them with Human League. That helps. Okay. Haircut 100. No. The Four Tops. No. And The Passions. No. And that concludes bands from the 80s to 81. Yeah. Officially. Unofficially. You will have four in episode one of series two. Oh, okay. That's the yeah. Way it, um, yeah. But one of those were meant to be in that one anyway, for a reason yeah, that you. we will come to. Okay. So that's that's it for this week. Yep. And we will let you listen to those. And um, yeah, I, it's getting more. As I say, I'm more involved now because I know. I, I can you know it more and have more know of an it opinion. more than the, yes because it's coming into the era that I was out buying singles myself yeah so it's good okay we can compare okay. who likes what now yes okay other than that that, that is it so yeah. I think a good week this week 
It has been. Yeah. Enjoyed yeah. it. Four four hits out of, out of six, I'll take yeah. that. And um, a group that I left off last week probably ended up being the biggest hit. Bigger than oh, the Bucks Fizz. Yeah, no, I prefer Chicago. Yeah, interesting. Okay, thank you. And if anyone wants to comment, they can reach us on Twitter at Dad Educates. Um, we would love to hear what people think. Yes, please. Other than that, I will sign off and yeah. say bye-bye till next week. Yeah, speak to you next week, Dad. You will. Bye. All right, bye. <laughs>